0: Hello again, and welcome back to Bible Studies with Russ. We are picking up today in Revelation chapter 8. I do want to thank you for being here with me. I hope you have been enjoying uh, these studies. <clears throat> if you ever have any questions or concerns, you can always uh, contact me through the uh, Facebook page we have created there, Bible Studies with Russ, or you can contact me through our website, BibleMedia.org, and I'll be glad to... Uh, provide additional help or clarification that I can. We're looking at Revelation chapter 8, as we're going to be looking at the seventh seal, uh, beginning here in Revelation chapter 8 and verse 1. And just as a reminder, as we go through this, <clears throat> as we pointed out back in chapter 1 and chapter 2, and as we began, after, and as we really, after we completed the uh, the dialogue concerning the churches of Asia, we have to remember that... So much of Revelation is figurative. It is figurative. not uh, So much is not to be taken literal, figurative meaning that uh, many of these, all these <clears throat> images and things such as that are figurative and have a meaning behind them. So Revelation chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. So a brief time of silence takes place before the trumpets resume. A break before more judgment comes upon them, <clears throat> and this, no doubt, would only add to the tension of the situation. And so we want to look next at verses two through four, and then we'll comment on those together. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, who, who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he would that he should offer it, with the prayers of all the saints upon a golden altar which was before the throne, and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire with the, from the altar, and threw it to the earth, and there were there was there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. And I've read through too far there. I wanted to read through verse four. Okay, so let's look at verse two. He says, I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. The angel sitting nearby shows them as servants to God. They had seven trumpets. Trumpets have special significance in the Old Testament. Uh, trumpets were used as a warning or to proclaim a conquest, as we find in Joel chapter two and verse one, Amos three and verse six, and Joshua six, thirteen through sixteen. Trumpets also show a sign of God's intervention in the world's affairs, Exodus chapter 19, verses 16 and verse 19. The last trumpet will accompany the Lord's return and the end, 1 Corinthians 15:52 and First Thessalonians 4 and verse 16. As we look at verses 3 and 4, we want to reread this here real quickly. It says, then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. And he was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God and from the angel's hand. This description uses one of the Old Testament examples, an altar of incense. The amount of incense represents the help given. Maybe Christ's intercession added to the saints' prayers. He is an advocate, as we know from 1 John 2 and verse 1. The answer to these prayers comes in verses 5 and 6. Here the Bible says, And the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Now, uh, verses 5, sorry, I want to read through verse 7 here. I have headings in my notes, and I stopped a little too early, so let's add verse 7 to that. The first angels sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were given to and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the grass was burned up. Now, <clears throat> from chapter eight and verse five, through chapter eleven, verse nineteen, I have here in my notes the heading The Preparation and Sounding of the Seven Trumpets. The Preparation and Sounding of the Seven Trumpets. CHAPTER eight, verse five, through chapter eleven, verse nineteen. We have here in verses five through seven the prelude and, and the uh, first trumpet. The seven trumpets, like the seven seals, divide themselves into two groups. The first four are similar to the plagues of Egypt, the last three are of more terrible and unique aspect. These are partial judgments. Partial judgment gives men the opportunity to repent. These voices, thunderings, lightnings, and earthquakes are symbolic indicators of the divine judgment about to fall upon the earth. Hell and fire are destructive forces, Psalm 78, verse 48. Like Egypt in the Old Testament, the world today is in opposition to God. The world can be described as afflicting and holding in bondage the people of God. These warnings are to make men realize that God is the sovereign ruler of the universe, and wicked men need to repent and do God's will. This first trumpet here, Trumpet 1, deals with the land. Destruction could be destruction of crops by famine. You can compare this to the seventh plague of hell and fire in Exodus 9, verse 24. One third part is partial destruction. Therefore, men are given the opportunity to repent. A fraction means partial, not final destruction. Zechariah 13, verses 8 and 9. Next, we want to look at at verses uh, 8 and 9 together as we continue looking at these trumpets. And we have the second trumpet in Revelation uh, chapter 8 verses 8 and 9. Here the Bible says, And the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain, burning with fire, was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. So a mountain ablaze, or being moved in the Old Testament times, symbolized great trouble. We see this several places, like Psalm 42, verse 6, Isaiah 54, verse 10, Ezekiel 38, verse 20, and Micah chapter 1, verse 4. Again one-third part is further suggestive of partial judgment, again allowing people time to repent. Next we have the third trumpet in verses 10 and 11. And this is, you know, the second trumpet dealt with the, um, excuse me, dealt with the the sea. So the first trumpet is the land, the second trumpet was the sea. Third trumpet deals with the fresh water supply being contaminated. Verses 10 and 11. Then the Lord, excuse me, then the third angel, rather, uh, sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became wormwood, and men died from the water because it was made bitter. Consider the pestilence and plague sent on the Romans. Marcus Aurelius says 2,000 died in one day. The bitterness of wormwood always stood for the bitterness of the judgment of God upon the disobedient. Wormwood is also used as a metaphor for injustice and unrighteousness, Amos 5, verse 7 and Amos 6, verse 12, and also represents, like here, poison thus the water would be unfit to drink wormwood is used in the old testament for a symbol of suffering for evil doing like in jeremiah 9 and verse 15 and jeremiah 23 in verse 15. <clears throat> next in verse 12 we have the fourth trumpet that is the trumpet of darkness the sun and the moon and the stars is mentioned here looking at verse 12 then the fourth angel sounded and a third of the sun was struck Sorry, verses 12 and 13. Uh, then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blast the trumpet of the three angels are about to sound. So, we have here in verses 12 and 13 the sun and the moon and the stars being mentioned. <clears throat> the sun, moon, and stars, this is symbolism for the violent overthrow of rulers and governments. We see this in several places, really, in Scripture. Uh, but also, we, we also find this going back to the Old Testament, Joseph and his dream in Genesis 37, verses 9 and 10. The whole of God's universe is used of of God uh, to warn and call men to repentance, like we see in Zechariah 13, verses 8 and 9. Again, we see one-third used for partial judgment. We see from these trumpets that God uses various means to call men to repentance. In verse 13, we see what has happened is bad, but what is about to happen is worse. The last three trumpets are woes, different from other trumpets. Now, as you look at chapter 9, <clears throat> we have the fifth trumpet begins here in chapter 9 and verse 5, or me, chapter 9 and verse 1. And we're going to be looking at verses 1, <clears throat> excuse me, verses 1 through 12, where the fifth angel sounds, and this is the first woe. So the fifth angel sounds in, in chapter 9, verse 1, uh, verses 1 through 12 is what we to be looking at. So the fifth angel sounded, and I, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and, some, and smoke arose out of the pit, like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then, one of the locusts, then out of the smoke locusts came, came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth, or any green thing, or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. Okay, we're going to stop there, we're going to break this up before we go any further. So verse one, uh, we, again, going back here, we're going to recap a little bit. The, the fifth angel sounded, and he says, I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. He, now he is using the forces of Satan to hurt, that is judge or discipline uh, men who are not righteous, as we, as we see here in a few moments in verse four. The bottomless pit or abyss is the underworld, the habitation of the unrighteous, of the unrighteous dead, or Tartarus, as we find also mentioned in 2 Peter 2 and verse 4. An alternative idea is the final place of punishment for fallen angels and demons. Another idea: I find a place of punishment for Satan, demons, and wicked men. Revelation 20 verses 1 through 3. The truth may be some combination of all these, having the key indicates he can open or shut the mouth of the abyss at his pleasure. We know in 2 Peter 2 and verse 4 that the <clears throat> the dead that prior to the judgment, those who have died who are unfaithful go to a place we know as torments, and this seems to be what's being referenced here. As this is prior to the destruction, prior to the uh, coming of Christ, these these are all symbolic of uh, the destruction uh, and the persecution happening at Jerusalem. So this is not <clears throat> uh, uh, what we would think of as the final dwelling place and so this bombless pit here here mentioned in verse 1 because later we find the final place of the damned is actually mentioned not as the bombless pit but as a lake of fire and brimstone which is the second death and that is the final dwelling place of the wicked and that is not what we find here in verse 1. Um, looking at verse 2 and he opened the bombless pit and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace so the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came up uh, upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And so smoke expresses the slavery, some have said, expresses the slavery sin exerts over men. Such is and will be the fate of those who have been in God for a lifestyle of sin. Locusts are given power uncommon to them to hurt like a scorpion sting. Ezekiel 2 and verse 6 is an example of the damage scorpions might do, but not to Ezekiel. These represent the spiritual evil that hurts so many people in the world today. This represents torment to humans. They can only hurt men who are not Christians. As we're going to find there in verse 4, he represents those who do not have the seal of God. Uh, Some, again, and I have commentaries like this for this purpose, talk about how this is... uh, denominational, man, talking about how, you know, you have to have this seal so that you're not harmed by these things coming out. This seal is a reference, as you see in verse 4, is a reference to being a faithful servant of God. The faithful servant of God is not punished, only the wicked. Looking at verse 4, they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth, or any green thing, or any tree, but only those who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. This is is just the reverse of the Roman Empire. The tide is turning. Whereas Rome hurt Christians, only those who are not Christians are hurt in this this, uh, description here. This also helps explain chapter 7, verses 4 through 8. These were sealed against being hurt. Looking at verse 5. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. The torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. So locusts cannot kill, but can cause torment for five months. Many men have followed lust, greed, desire for power, and glory, and have abandoned God in his way. They have expe- They experienced similar torment. Uh, many nations have fallen because they have forgotten God psalm nine verse seventeen. It is important to remember that this suffering is designed, <clears throat> is designed to cause them to realize what sin does and bring them to repentance Verse six in those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. They will prefer to die rather than to live. Torments of various kinds can inflict such desires of death on human beings. These hardships were brought, up, were brought upon them to cause them to repent. Now in verses seven through 12, we have a further depiction of the locusts and what they do. <clears throat> Looking at verses seven through 12, the shape of the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lions' teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of a chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions, and they were like and there, were, there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. They had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he is also known. He has a name, uh, Apollon. Woe! One woe is past. Behold, still more woes are coming after these things. So their king is Abaddon or Apollon, which means destroyer. Just as locusts destroy, so can sin. Now, now regarding the description here of of these uh, things in verses 7-12, through 12. Brother Max Patterson offers these comments. He says, uh, as we look at verse 7, the shape of the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. The heads of some locusts are like the head of a horse. In some languages the word means hay horse, which is in German, or little horse, which is in Italian. On their heads were crowns like gold or victory count crowns. They will be successful. Evil may have many forms, but in the final analysis, it portrays itself with a human face. Looking at verse 8, he says they had, the Bible says they had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lions' teeth. Uh, But the Patterson here points out these locusts were ugly and abnormal. Their nature of them was bloodthirsty. Verse 9 says, and they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings, wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. Again, but the Patterson says here, a locust has a breastplate that covers his underside. This may be referred to, or it may be, or it may have been that these locusts had a special armor. They appear invincible. Their wings was, was as the sound of a chariot of many horses running to battle. It is certain, he says, that their deadly purpose was to harm and destroy. And most likely, their sound is because of the, in my opinion, because of the because of the number of the locusts. Uh, verse ten says here. They had tails like scorpions and their stings in this and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. And so their tail like scorpions were obviously for the purpose of hurting. The length of hurting is obviously short. Uh, can comparatively speaking Uh, verse 11 they had as a king over them the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in hebrew is abaddon but in greek his name is Apollon. i'm probably mispronouncing those but um he says here their king is the angel of the bottomless pit or the abyss his name in hebrew is abaddon again destruction and we talked about this already in greek Apollon, which means destroyer he says many think this refers to satan however, Abaddon, occurs six times in the Old Testament as a synonym for Sheol, meaning in Greek, Hades. Since the name means destruction, it may only have been John's way of saying that the purpose of these creatures is destruction and portrays the tormenting nature of sin. Uh, verse 12, again, one woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. Okay, we're going to try to get through one more here for our time together today, fishing out chapter 9. Okay, looking at chapter uh, 9, this time looking at verses 13 through 16, as we look at the sixth woe, I'm sorry, the sixth trumpet and the second woe. And the sixth trumpet actually lasts from chapter 9, verse 13, all the way through chapter 11 and verse 14. Okay, let's look at verses 13 through 16 together. Then the sixth angels sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who have been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million, and I heard the number of them. Okay, so... The third part of, of men means the Romans. He says here. Uh, he said I have my notes here. These angels are angels of divine wrath. This is symbolic of that secular power that does does its best to overcome and destroy God's influence in men's lives. Verse sixteen is not literally uh, two. Let's see, it's not. It's not literally two. What did I say, two hundred million, uh, but it is an overwhelming number. I have here an irresistible strength. Uh, verses 17 through 21, he says, And thus I saw the horses in the vision, those who sat on them, and had the breastplates of fire, of fiery red, hinkiness uh, hap- uh, blue, and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone, which came out of of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. Their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. Uh, But the rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of their works of their hands, so they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, or their sorceries, or their sexual immorality, fornication is a better definition there, or their thefts. And so, so all these refer to the secular power that does its best to overcome and destroy God's power over men's lives. Like Pharaoh, they harden their hearts, they cling to a false religion. You can also compare this to Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. Now, I wanted to add here the comments I have here from Brother Patterson yet again. uh, he says, looking at verse 13, the sixth angels sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. So there seems to be a progression in these trumpets. The first four indicates that, that sin causes havoc in one's life. The fifth trumpet indicates the utter torment that sin causes, and the sixth causes death. And in the in the Old Testament, the golden altar was the altar of incense located before the veil in the holy place. Exodus 37, verse 25 through 29. The four horns were located on each of the corners of the altar, and sacrificial blood was placed on these horns, Leviticus four and verse seven. A horn often indicated strength, so these heavenly creatures are strong. Verse fourteen. Saying to the sixth angel you had the trumpet, released the four angels who are bound at the great great river Euphrates. So the voice from the altar has a, has a message with the sixth angel, and loose or release the four angels which are bound at a, in the great river Euphrates. Uh, there is so much history connected with the river Euphrates from the Garden of Eden to Abraham to the punishment of Judah, Genesis two ten through fourteen, uh, Genesis two verse, uh, me, Genesis fifteen verse eighteen, and First Kings four and verse twenty one. Imminent dangers all around them because of sins. We find here in verse fourteen. Verse fifteen So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. So this is a dramatic way of expressing a specific, fixed time in the mind of God. God is in control and the timetable is in his hands, only he knows it. The angel the angels tell why this is this will be carried out, for to slay the third part of men. This is the first time that a trumpet actually involved the death of human beings. But once again, it's a partial judgment of the third part of man. Verse 16. Now, the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. Again, we're looking at Brother Patterson's comments on this. Uh, He says here, uh, to summarize, the third part of men certainly included the Romans, at least in the first application. These angels are angels of divine wrath. This section is symbolic of the secular power that does its best to overcome and destroy God's influence in men's lives. Uh, Looking at verse 17. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, uh, uh, hankineth blue, and sulfur yellow. And the the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. So first John tells about what he saw in the vision. He saw horses, and he saw who was sitting on them. The riders had breastplates of various uh, stones here that's described. The heads of the horses were heads of lions, and out of their mouth came fire and smoke and brimstone. These atoms represent the basic primary colors red, yellow, and blue. The heads of the horses uh, were as the heads of lions, which emphasize strength. Out of their mouth came fire, smoke, and brimstone, or sulfur. Satan and all his people are experts in their practice of spreading lies, error, and godless propaganda. Verse 18. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. For their, for their power is in the mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents, having heads, and with them they do harm. So, as we look at verses 18 and 19 together, a partial number of mankind was affected by all this. Again, this represents God's divine judgment on the followers of Satan. Verse 19, this is symbolic of warfare in general. However, there's a spiritual application. God's trying to get people's attention whenever bad things happen, as in tragedy or death. It should cause men to realize their need for the Lord and His strength. God is doing all He can to bring men to repentance. If man does not turn to God, it will not be because God did not try to get the get the man to turn. Verse 20, we find here what happens. They, the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of their works of their hands. Um, even after all this happened, men man will still not repent it is not ironic but the person says that men will hang on to the very actions and attitudes that are destroying them uh, okay we're going to stop there when we come back next week lord willing we'll pick up in revelation chapter 10 which to me is one of the uh encouraging and interesting chapters where we find the my find the as my heading i have here um, the strong angel and the little book and we'll pick up there in revelation chapter 10 I do thank you for being here with me today. Hope you have been encouraged by this Bible study. Hope you will share with others who may be interested. And again, if you have any comments or questions, you can contact me through the Facebook page, uh, Bible Studies with the Russ, or you can contact me through Byway Media, our website, bywaymedia.org. Again, I thank you for listening. I hope to see you again next time.